0: This is the Scott Bradley Show podcast. Mike
1: Fortune is in for the uh, for the for this Friday on the Brightest Panel, Brightest Conversation in Hamilton Radio. Where, hello, where you were,
0: Scott? Hello, folks.
1: Where you were? Was it uh, oh, North Pole esque? It, it was coming down
2: sideways sheets. It was no, I, you know, hey, I we were with our contractor last night till about nine o'clock. He left an hour later, maybe an inch. I woke up this morning. Yeah, you know, it, it was heavier snow this morning. It took me a little longer than five minutes. It was not 30 centimeters. It wasn't 30 centimeters. I'd say it was about four or five, but four or five wet centimeters is different than four or five light snow centimeters. And then I, I do my neighborly thing. I help out four or five other people as well in the sidewalk. So I was out for a good hour. I got my cardio in. Yeah. I got my 10,000 steps in by eight o'clock this morning.
1: Am I wrong, though, that it does seem that every time we get warned of a massive storm, it I know doesn't happen?
2: Scott Radley's biggest pet peeve is the weather and the weather people. Because you have asked this question. I've been on the show, what, three, four years now? I know this is a question that comes up. How? They can send a man to the moon, but they can't predict
1: the weather. I know this irks and bugs the heck out of you. Well, for a variety of reasons. Yes, because <laughs> it just seems like, okay, everyone's got to rush to the supermarket to load up on supplies because you could be housebound for a week now. My wife works at a bank. They were lined up until 6 o'clock. <laughs> like, well, Why do you need money if you can't go anywhere? What are you, gathering your cash in case so I can burn it? I'm not it's, even... it's an Armageddon. But the second part is... The city of Burlington preemptively, like, shut. I don't know. I got to pull up the email. Shut no. half the stuff down. Everything. Mohawk College closed everything. Every. Wh- when did we become such complete <laughs> wusses that we? At least look. At least wait until you see what's happening before you overreact. <laughs> it. Now I understand that we have threats of lawsuits and litigation, and if you don't do this and don't, but. My goodness, we're not North Carolina. We got to ease up a little bit. Yeah, North Carolina,
2: Atlanta, Texas—Heaven forbid, you know. Hey, we're Canadians. I don't see what the big deal. My kids today was a a PD or PA day, however you want to say it, and they were—they they they thought we're gonna get our first snow day, and they remembered it doesn't matter. We have a PD day anyway.
1: Yeah, I don't want snow. Then I'll have to shovel. Exactly. No snow today. Wait for Monday. Then we can have a snow day. But I don't. Uh, it is true. I don't understand how, with technology that is, and we've had people from the Weather Network or weather people on Environment Canada, with the technology in every other facet of life, how it seems to me, anyway, and I may be misremembering this, but it oh, seems to me. Nice job there, Roger Clemens. Yeah. It seems to me that once upon a time we had better forecasting of these things than we do now. I can't remember the last time we were warned of a big storm that it actually turned out to be so. Do
2: you think we, we've gotten, technology has gotten over too smart? We, 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 it overthinks itself? It overproduces, it overthinks how much snow precipitation we're going to get. So what it just does, it says, here, we're going to get a blanket of snow.
1: Good luck, folks. I don't know. I shouldn't I shouldn't I, give away this secret, but it's it's give it away. years gone by, and it's no longer in place, so not to worry. I used to work at a newspaper where we would have to input the weather manually into the weather thing, and you would get it off a thing that would come over the wire. It was before Internet. Uh, that tells you how long I've been doing this. But half the time, the guy who would do this, who was about sixty-five years old and laden with arthritis, wouldn't bother to check the weather thing. He would step outside the door and go, "Yeah, oh, knees are a little sore. We're getting rain tomorrow." <laughs> and that was oh, our official it. weather Perfect. for the newspaper. Perfect. I love it. And, and you know what? More often than not, he was right. Yeah. Well, and let's
2: let's so let's go back to what you said. It was. Pre-internet days makes you very old. You know, his his way of doing things, old school, that's cool. We are just so overloaded with, as I said earlier, information and technology and ways to figure things out where just put up a weather sock and whatever the way the wind blows, yeah, we might be getting some snow tonight.
1: Simplify. I'd love to know how many people yesterday went to some great lengths not panicky, but rearranged their schedule or did whatever because we were going to be hammered. You were not getting out of your house today, canceled work today or made, and then you wake up and you go, well, that was nothing. I don't know if too
2: many, I think it was because of the PD day that took place today. I think a lot of parents didn't have to really worry about that because they already maybe had plans put in place. So it may not have mattered.
1: What would have happened? And I know the answer to this. It's a rhetorical question. What would have happened if, this had not been previously set as a PD day. Oh. Every school I bet you last night would have already cancelled today's school. And then you wake up in the morning and say, sorry, why did we do that? That would have happened. Am I wrong? That I, would have happened. I think it would have happened. I agree with you on that. I don't know how those who makes those decisions for the Catholic and
2: public school boards, but it's quite possible that would have happened.
1: And I understand, again, that at a certain point you have to make a call because you don't want people, school buses or whatever, but I Somehow, this has just become this thing where we are wussifying ourselves. That everything has to. I'm not. This is not talking about the days when your mom or your dad walked to school uphill 10 miles, both directions in knee high snow with no shoes on. <laughs> but surely a snowstorm is not. A snowfall. We can still deal with a snowfall in Canada.
2: Did you not see that? Pink though that was coming across the screen last night on CHCH news there was so much pink I thought scares a lot of people I can see why people
1: look like cotton candy you look <laughs> festive <laughs> they all get worked up inside
0: you're listening to the Scott Radley show weeknights from six to eight only on 900 CHML
1: let us move along here uh, <laughs> to something far more serious and far more local Uh, There was a topic, Bill Kelly this morning, and I wanted to uh, give a nod to Bill. He had, I mean, Bill always has great shows, but Bill had a particularly great segment this morning that he was doing on a topic that has been going on for a while. We've been talking about it on this show throughout the week today, uh, the week this week, because it is to do, it starts with the roads. Our roads are just absolutely falling apart. There are potholes and everything else. That's where the thing starts. But where it went this week I thought was fascinating. We're not going to talk about the roads specifically anymore. We've covered that. We had Dan McKinnon on, head of public works. We had Jason Farr on, Ward 2 counselor yesterday. They were talking about the money and that kind of thing. But what I want to talk about is this, because where Bill went and where Andrew Dreschel went in the spec today... Counselors in the old city have an area rating discretionary fund of mm. $1.7 million a year that they can use at their discretion. At, well, it is literally less, at their discretion. Yeah. And some of them use the money on things that they personally determine are worthwhile. Uh, Aiden Johnson in Ward 1, Jason Farr in Ward 2 have a policy where they go. It's a participatory budgeting where they ask yep. their people in their ward what they want to do with it. Yep. But it came out this week that Aiden Johnson, whose ward it is that has Main Street West in front of McMaster, that is right now the dark side of the moon. It's horrible. It is rough. He has not, out of his discretionary $1.7 million a year fund, he has spent not one dime out of that thing, apparently, on roads. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the councillors are saying, what's going on? Why not? And yeah. it goes back to this discretionary fund that we're talking about, and I just, I've ceased to understand how this is not just, and I'm not just talking for any particular counselor, but when you look at where some of these dollars have gone over the years, this looks like a very legal, but kind of Transparently vote buying apparatus. It is a slush fund. No, but it, th- mm-hmm. you can use it for however you wish to. Yep. That uh, for every counselor in that thing, and if you want to, you can put it towards teams or towards other pet projects or towards whatever else. With the idea appearing to be, you can win over some people with it. Why I don't understand why we have this now, and if we do have it, why should it be this? wide open should it not have to we'll give you 1.7 million a year but you have to spend it through our public works department towards infrastructure how wherever that infrastructure is you want to spend knock yourself out
2: Mm -hmm.
1: but this is not for you to ingratiate yourself to groups in your community to try and make yourself look good yeah
2: I, I really wish we had someone like Brad Clark on who could really explain this, I think, to both of us a lot more so we have a much better understanding. Uh, I liked your analogy there, Scott, how it does look like almost, quote unquote, vote buying. And it's legal. It's
1: 100% it, legal.
2: But there, there, and I, I remember Sandy Shaw had, she's explained it a couple times, why the process is, how it was put in place. I can't for the life of me remember it. Um, but- at the same time, if, if that's how it is, and if that's how it's going to be, then so be it. Why is it not being put to something that is so needed right now—the landmines that we got on Maine—that I don't know. I can't get into Councillor Johnson's mind. You can't. He must have a reason for why. Well, he, he doesn't has other want things. To do this. He, he
1: has other things he wants to spend it on, and that's fine. That's completely within his purview. But would, wouldn't you think
2: then that he would actually give a detailed list and say, look, here's of the money, here's what it's all going to, we don't have anymore, or can you not pull back and put it towards the roads?
1: I don't know what the answer is. Now, he has, as I understand it, he has now taken money from that fund and put it towards roads, that there has been a move that he is now doing that, that this money is now going. So yeah. good, for, good think, for him. I think some councillors got into his ear and said, hey. I think a lot of, ca- well, it came up at council yesterday yeah. or the day before. Tuesday. It was quite a- Wednesday." quite an interesting Mm -hmm. discussion that way. But leaving aside, and this is not about Councillor Johnson because there are eight councillors in the lower city, the old city, not just lower city, the old city. There are eight councillors who have this fund, which just seems to me to be way too loose, way too free to use as you wish for things that aren't necessarily where money needs to go. We are a city that is crying out for cash. We do not have money and we have, look, we talked about this yesterday. We have the the wall at the Claremont Access last summer was falling in. We had a rock slide the other day. We had a sinkhole because of pipes mm-hmm. bursting. We've now got roads all over the city, not in any particular ward, all over the city that are falling apart. We should be taking every dime we have and putting it to the stuff that Agreed. we need to do first, that we need to do first. And then we can start when all that stuff is paid for, when everything is working, we can say, okay, now I've got money left over. Open for, up the slush fund, if you will. Open up the the fun fund, if you. Let's. Let, we can put stuff towards. We can put stuff towards other things. We need to spend the money that we have, the tax dollars we have, on infrastructure problems that we're way behind on. We're going to keep going with this. Yeah. Gotta take a quick break.
0: You're listening to the Scott Radley Show, weeknights from six to eight only on 900 CHML.
1: Discretionary fund that counselors in the old city of Hamilton, the eight. Wards in the old city have the now. The other councillors don't have it, which also is a um, is an interesting situation for them. That certain councillors are allowed to use this kind of money, while others are not. But Mike, I come back to my point. We have it's been identified many many times that the city of Hamilton has something like I don't know the exact number, but something like a three billion dollar infrastructure deficit. Yep. For us to actually maintain slash fix everything that needs to be fixed, that is. Buildings, roads, bridges, whatever. We would have to have a $3 billion check to pay that off. That's a lot of dough. That is more than Hamilton is going to have in its bank account yep. anytime ever. Of course. And so when that's the case and when we have things that are falling apart, I just I, I would love to see a counselor bring forward a motion, as I said, saying you can keep your $1.7 million discretionary fund. But that must go through public works into infrastructure. Choose whatever you think is your priority, but that's got to go to something in infrastructure, not to whatever you choose that might be a po- popular or bedazzling kind of thing to, to invest in. So
2: I during that two-minute timeout we had here, I quickly went to the World Wide Web and Dr. Google, and now I feel very enthralled and knowledgeable. <laughs> um, so this participatory budget from just what I'm gathering here in a nutshell uh, it, it it was put in place for everyday citizens like you like me people of high medium low incomes different ethnic backgrounds to be able to come together uh, just by reading this I have a feeling that not enough Hamiltonians know what it is and what it is for therefore they are not able to go and work the system properly so the people that know what the per- say that five times fast know what the budget is yes don't want to get tongue anymore. thank you the people that know what the budget is they are going to play that angle and they are going to work it i think at times counselors look at that as their own money and we're going to do what we want as opposed to taking more of the input letting people know hey we have this money folks what can we do? What should we do about it? Let's get the meeting started. Let's get the talks going and move forward that way. And perhaps, and I'm not saying every councillor is like this because I do know they have opened it up to to some votes and all that, but perhaps councillors are kind of keeping this To themselves, don't really want it broadcasted, so they can. Oh, it has been lately. Yeah, it is. It has been lately. It is now, and maybe that's what we need. So more people know in 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 all these different wards that hey, wait a second, there's an issue. Wait, we know that we have this money. Let's get the meeting. Let's get the counselor on board. Let's start going through the process, as opposed to it just being a blank check for the counselor to use at some point to their discretion.
1: Here is the trouble, and I generally, I, I am in favour at times of things like referenda. I, I'm, I'm not, I am not someone who says because we have elected you you to be our representative, whether it's provincial, federal, municipal, whatever, that you should then have no more insight from the that the public should have no more say that you do whatever the heck it is you want to do for the term of your office. I think there are times I think we should have At had a time. I think we should have had a uh, a referendum for the LRT, maybe not separate, but as part of the municipal vote that yeah. tied in so that people would be able to do it. Nonetheless, yeah. The problem with this kind of thing is you've got now what looks like found money. It looks like found money. And so when you have participatory budgeting and you can then throw it out, look, I just got back from a trip where there were open restaurants. When I walked in there, I don't immediately make a beeline for the Brussels sprout place, even though that may be the healthy (laughs) stop for me. I go right to the carved meat section. Better believe it. Good for you. The fact is if you we generally like things that will make us feel good and feel excited and feel happy as opposed to necessarily that are going to be good for us fixing roads not sexy fixing bridges not sexy but essential
2: oh, i think it's become a sexy thing now because you got so many people with uh, banged up rims tires oh. and their their cars are being torn okay. apart so it is sexy now it's it a is. hot
1: topic now that's right but once you get sick you start to take medicine you start to take vitamins prior to getting sick whoever takes echinacea now if you believe in this stuff or not but whoever takes echinacea until they start having a cold
2: oh yeah once i start feeling a cough i'm then loading you take up. it That's but right. you don't
1: take it until you start to feel it so yes roads right now yeah. definitely we want to fix them but when you look at a road that looks okay and you say we got to put money towards this cuz in 2 years it's going to fall apart people say Come on, it's fine. Why are we wasting money on perfectly good roads? But we don't know what's happening underneath the road. That's part of the infrastructure as well. Exactly, but that's when you take it to a participatory, when you take it to the public who doesn't know that and it looks fine and you have other interests that you want to pursue in your ward, you say, I want to use the money for that. That's way more fun. Then that's where the elected official, him or herself... Has to as a leader say, look,
2: here's the money, here's what we need to do, and here's why. Take uh, take underground cameras, do a tour, take photos. Here's why we have to put it into this stretch of road because of this, not for now. And then you have to sell. It's 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 getting in, getting your opinion in, and getting people to buy into your thought. That's why we elect these officials so they can help create things for us. You know, it's
1: going to be very interesting to me. And people go crazy when you even mention this. When you even mention the bike paths, the bike lanes, people lose their minds because you've got people very much in favor or very much opposed. You don't have too many people who are like, oh, whatever. <laughs> the first time we start having potholes in the bike lane. Oh, oh, my gosh. What is, how, how quickly is City Hall oh. going to respond to that? I'm telling you, if that Soby bike hits a pothole, all heck is going to break loose. Something's going to break loose. I I, I, I did (laughs) But they're going to go. They will go. The city will be under immense pressure to fix the bike lanes if there are potholes, but yet we don't seem to have the same urgency with roads.
2: You know how much we've talked about Vision Zero and safer streets and slower speeds. I made a reference on Doug Faraway's show, City Matters, on Tuesday evening saying... This is Hamilton's solution to fixing it. Don't fix the potholes. <laughs> That's it's right. slowing everyone right down. We don't need speed bumps. We, we have, have speed holes. We've accomplished
1: being a vision zero and safer streets. It's, it's not a bad idea. Make bigger holes. Big, why not? This is our new plan.
0: You're listening to The Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from 6 to 8. Only on 900CHML.
1: Go to 900CHML.com. Go to The Bill Kelly Show. And listen to he and Donna Skelly who were talking about this. Uh, it was a terrific conversation by Bill. Bill was on fire, got me on fire to talk about this tonight. It was, and, uh, it was well done.
2: You know, th- these are questions, you know, Brad and Frank are emailing into you. These are questions that I think many of us have. And if there are many of us that are not happy, um, don't agree with decisions that are being made, guess what folks this but, is an election year but
0: so eight, you
1: can make your you can you can make you can have a voice and make changes if you're not happy but eight counselors out of 15 benefit from this it would be difficult to overturn this
2: but if you have what if you what if you got uh, four or five new counselors in and they have a different way of spending that money who knows
1: let me switch topic here to uh, something even more difficult uh, and this is not a f- this is not a fun topic in any way shape or form um i was uh last week down we were in florida in the florida area near that high school where the shooting was oh where the uh, where the Jeez. those kids were killed and here here's the tricky part of this whole thing i think most people many of us all of us i assume want something to be done about fixing guns in the states wants something to be done that would make this better. And we're hearing lots and lots and lots of people saying it's got to be fixed. It's got to be fixed. You got to do something. You got to ban guns. You got to do what I have yet to hear though anyone offer any kind of actual plan. Right? It's great to say ban guns. That's a great catchphrase line Agreed. that would that it sounds great. Ban guns. That is not a real answer. And I'll tell you why the answer is because there's already millions of guns in the hands of the bad guys in the States. They're not turning in their guns if guns are banned. It's the legal, if you force people, it's the legal, law abiding people who are going to turn in their guns. So is there, Mike, any kind of real, forget the platitudes, is there any kind of real answer to this thing? No, there isn't,
2: unfortunately, because you're going to have the government and the NRA back and forth at each other. And at the end of the day, it comes down to the almighty dollar. And that is in the NRA's mind and in politicians' minds in Washington and to those that agree for all this, it comes down to the almighty dollar. And that is more important than lives, okay. plain and simple. And that's that's disgusting.
1: The, there are many people who hear the three letters NRA and are, are not happy with them. For the sake of argument, though, let's mm-hmm. leave them out of the equation. Let's even say- But how? How well, can hold you on leave a them out. They're but, big. I, well, they're huge. They're enormous and they contribute politically and they have a lot of so talons.
2: How, so I'm just wondering, how can you leave them out of the conversation? Because
1: l- let us even say for the sake of this argument, which I think a lot of people would wish, that all of a sudden every politician says, I can no longer- Take everything you say at Facebook. I know you've contributed to me. Keep your money. I'm not going to take it. Even if the NRA were removed from this equation. So now you've got politicians saying, okay, we want to ban, we want to fix this problem. We want to get rid of guns. How do you do it? How do you do it? Because again, the law-abiding citizens may hand in their guns or will not be sold guns anymore. But what about all the millions of guns that are already out there in the hands of people who aren't going to follow the law? This is, see, the problem to me is, this, will, this may to some small degree solve the problem, but the law-abiding citizens make up a small – there are cases, but they make up a small percentage of the shootings that are going on in the states. It is a small percentage. You go to inner city Chicago or other places where you have massive amounts of violence, these are not all law-abiding, license-holding people who are using these guns. Correct. So how do but you get the other guns off the street? How do you stop them from using their guns?
2: I think you have to work on or look at your local police and sheriff's departments and and potentially put the onus on them to really put a crackdown on this stuff. But no matter no matter how much you put a crackdown on it, criminals are smarter than us. They are always ahead of the game. You're taking guns away from us, it's okay. We'll get contraband sent over to us via ships via planes, across the border, through Mexico. Weapons are, are built in such mass consumption that you won't get rid of it. You can't get rid of it. It is too big unless you you put the laws in place that we have here in Canada and Australia and Britain, at least that way, the legal ones. In regards to criminals, you're not going to win that one. But I, I also think, at, and I don't know, but if you're a criminal... I don't think you're going into a school and doing what this this guy did you're going in because you got a score to settle with someone you want or to you've rob got a bank severe mental
1: health issues that is another problem that's not being dealt with that well, for sure that I mean, no that's that's absolutely an issue here you've got there are look there I'm, are
2: so many moving parts in this discussion it's it's it, it it can't it doesn't come down to a simple plan it comes down to people politicians buying in and regardless of if politicians uh don't want to take the it's it's not about uh the the politicians buying into the nra it's also the nra buying into the politicians
1: plans too
0: you're listening to the scott radley show weeknights from six to eight only on 900 chml
1: what can you actually do it's great to say ban guns That's very simplistic, though. That's very simple. I don't know that that alone is the answer. Phil writes in, the NRA has deeply lined the pockets of politicians, and the only way gun control will be adopted in the U.S. is if these greedy politicians stop accepting the greenbacks and introduce a bill to legislate gun control. That's from Phil. Now, as we said, Mike, before the break, I, I think that there is something... To that, But even if uh, there's probably a lot to that, but even if we were to remove, even if we completely did what he said and got the NRA out of the equation, because the NRA becomes the bad guy in this all the time. And I'm not defending the NRA in any way, but even if you got the NRA out of the mix and politicians stop accepted money and they put a ban on the sale of guns, guns don't disappear. That's my, that's my point that there seems to be this magic belief that if you ban guns, guns will be gone. Guns will not be gone in the States if you ban guns. The Guns will be banned and out of the hands then of many of the law-abiding people, and a few not so much. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it solves the problem. It's too simplistic an answer.
2: It doesn't solve the problem because of all the other issues that are being so widely discussed. Um, and, you know, I, I watched that full two-hour episode of the town hall on CNN, uh, hosted by Jake Tapper, and Dana Loesch uh, was she was spectacular Uh, not that i agree with everything and everything she said but she was cool as a cucumber and she brought up some good points as well to defend the nra um the nra isn't responsible for people who are mentally ill and 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 buy a gun at a store or go into their parents bedroom find the key grab the gun and go do something so it is a deeper thing and banning guns it's a great slogan it's a great statement it's what the kids are doing to get through all this and perhaps maybe over time this is the beginning of a movement and it might not be this generation but maybe next generation i think it's going to be a slow crawl to an end result and if you you know you're starting to see dicks and walmart um starting to say okay we're not going to we're going to stop selling to certain rifles selling to certain people age groups that's the start. So it's not just ban guns. It's a process, I Well, believe. because
1: even if you, again, to go back to the idea, because this is the phrase that we keep hearing, just ban guns, just ban guns, just ban guns.
2: If you're going to ban guns, then what you do is
1: you shut down every manufacturer. You never make a gun but, again. But even, okay, but you first of all, manufacturers will then move out of the country. And as you say, guns will come in. But look, we have had, how many times in the last five years have we had around the world stories of people plowing cars or trucks into crowds of people? You can kill people with things other than guns, and cars can be used for good or for bad. The point is, again, not saying, well, let's ban cars. We don't say, let's ban cars because they have been used to kill people. We don't say, let's ban fertilizer because it's been used to turn into weapons. You control how it gets out there. You control who gets their hands on things. You can't drive a car unless you have a license, presumably, although you can because people do. The – how, there is a way but it require i think the way you do this is that you put in you pass new laws that make it exceedingly punitive if you are caught with an illegal weapon mm-hmm. even if you don't use it mike you're walking down the street and you've got an illegal weapon in tucked into your belt you're not shooting at anyone you're not pointing at anyone people don't even see that you have that but the police stop you for something else and they discover that Let's send you to jail for ten years on first offense for having an illegal weapon. No one wants to do that.
2: Yeah, but that's not ever going to happen. You know uh, that.
1: I under, of course <laughs> doesn't, doesn't. Of course I know that. Of course I know that. But that's the way you start to do it. If you want to clean up the guns, you make it so punitive that for you to have one of those illegal guns is not worth your while anymore. Yeah, I see where you are going. I I just I think that's too far fetched. I think you you actually have to look
2: deeper within. you, we, we have to look at us as humans internally, and I know that sounds a little deep, and then the process has to evolve that way. Um, d- dis- having more open discussions about things, how this is all negative, and we've started with the mental health. It's, it's taken on some great strides. We're getting there. We've talked about concussions. We, we're talking about things that are making people not right uh, between the ears, and I'm not trying to sound flippant about it, and if we can start talking about that, if we can start being a little more civil towards each other, well, let me tell maybe you,
1: just maybe. Frank wrote in, and Frank's got a, Frank is on, thinking on the same lines as you, Frank emails in Thank the you, real Frank. problem is the moral failure of unequivocally taking of someone else's life with no concern of recourse, which is a growing concern. Right. So uh,
2: does that not start at home with better parenting? Does that not continue on when you're in public elementary school? Uh, into high school. Of course it it does. So it it starts at home. It starts at home as a parent watching what your kids are doing on the internet. But
1: Mike there are lots of places all over the world in in North America where you don't have parental people who are giving you parental instruction on how to live. Phil writes in again and he says look if you have an amnesty program and say look you can hand in your gun right now that is fine but there are places and again follow the news On inner city Chicago. Follow the city, the news on inner city Chicago. There are shootings by the dozen every week. It is a horrible situation in there. You're telling me that even if you say, okay, we have a gun amnesty and you live in an area where this is going on, you're saying, sure, I'll give up my apparent protection and I'll let everyone else now have one so that I could be killed. The there are people who live out in the rural, rural. I can never say that. I, word. I'm the worst
2: with that word too. Areas I know who say,
1: "Look, it'll take minutes, half an hour, an hour for police to arrive. If someone wants to do something to my family, I have to be able to protect them." It's it's a sticky,
2: stippy, sticky subject. I know we, we got to go to break. Can't win.
1: My point is with this, and why we brought this up. If you're going, if you're having a discussion with someone over the next little while, and you say, "You know what we need to do? We need to ban guns." That is not an answer. That is that is that is a platitude. Come up with something better because that is maybe a start, but that is not the answer. That's not going to do it. That's not, sadly, I wish it was, but that's not going to do it.
0: You're listening to The Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from 6 to 8, only on 900 CHML.
1: Mike Fortune from Cable 14 in studio for the Brightest Conversation in Hamilton Radio. It's been a long time since Mike has been here. So it's, oh yeah, uh, I thought
0: you
2: forgot about me. Well, we did. Okay, good.
1: Yeah. And then... Uh, nice to be remembered. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of forgotten, you know what nobody has forgotten about in the last couple of weeks? Donald Trump. Justin Trudeau and his trip to India. Oh,
2: yes. Um, yes. The other the other head yeah, of state. Uh,
1: I, I was, as I say, I was away the week that this was happening, got back, and it had made a point of not going online, not following social media. Tried to clear the palette, as it were. Isn't that nice to do It's it's wonderful. And then I get home, and it's like a travelogue of (laughs) India with Justin and his family. Yeah, oh yeah. Do you like his outfits? Well, okay, I got some (laughs) questions about this. (laughs) And we haven't talked about this on this show all week. I know Bill and I think Scott probably have, and you may have talked about this with other people. I'm sure you have or read about it. I'm assuming that as taxpayers, we paid for all these outfits. Of course we did. For he and his entire family. Of course. And I'm assuming that we paid, I know we paid for all the travel and all the security and all the everything else. Better believe it. And yet, I'm struggling to find what the business part of this business trip was since he had one meeting with... One meeting on one day where he was able to generate $250 million in trade for Canada, which is 25 cents for every Indian, roughly. (laughs) We're not exactly, (laughs) you know, gouging Uh, the bank accounts over uh, there to try and help Canada. And all we got was a series of photo ops. I I don't quite get it. I am sure. and i'm I'm not even talking about the terrorist part. I, oh
2: yeah. I am sure there had to be more that maybe went on during this visit. Than we were told about. There had but why to be. wouldn't
1: they tell us about it then?
2: Wh- why do they have to tell us everything that goes on in everyone's oh, life? because I know is... he's an elected official. I know he's our prime minister. And because
1: this is a complete disaster, you are trying to now tread water. You tell us if there's something else that, wait, hey, listen, don't jump to conclusions. We've got $20 billion of investment that's being lined up. Tell us. Give us something that says this trip was not simply Justin Trudeau making himself look like an idiot in front of the rest of the world and representing us. Mm-hmm. Look,
2: maybe he maybe there is a hidden agenda to this.
1: <laughs> uh, and what and I what it is, who truly
2: knows? It's goodwill being a goodwill ambassador, I'm assuming, shaking the hands like any politician does, getting selfies like he does. getting Canada's name out there. am I, I'm really stretching here to try to, to to help this guy, aren't I? who I've never met and couldn't care less about. but listen. These things happen on a regular basis when a mayor goes to another city to promote Hamilton or Toronto or whatever Calgary. I'm just throwing out the names here. Sometimes it's just it's just it's just getting your face out there representing Canada. At the end of the day, I don't think it was that big of a deal. I'm it not was, that was, embarrassed by it. You okay. want you want it. You want to go to someone else's land and dress like they do. Fine. It. What would happen if the tables reversed and the Prime Minister from India came here and we put him on a moose with Where, a hat on, and a, lumberjack a mounted hat, and a lumberjack here.
1: And holding a hockey stick. We'd Hold, say, are you say a an moron? A. Say an A. Are you a moron? Would,
2: would all of India be in an uproar and say, you're embarrassing us? Okay. Sometimes now, you just have to play okay, the game, I now, think.
1: Mike, I would argue with that. I would say we've seen some pictures since, from the defenders of Justin Trudeau, we've seen pictures of Stephen Harper, in native wear from certain trips he was on and Jean Chrétien and other leaders. I agree. The difference is when they go, maybe one day for one event, they put on the garb and it's part of the thing. They don't actually do it. They don't go out and literally clean out every fashion outlet <laughs> from that country. And look, I, I, here, here's the thing, it. what happens with this kind of thing is that it makes governing, being a prime minister, being a leader of a country is supposed to be, supposed to be for serious men and serious women. It is supposed to be a serious job that you look at these people and you say, I trust your judgment, your intellect, your all those things that you are going to represent us properly. I look at this trip this flighty, fluffy, social media-geared thing, and I say, now you're coming home and you've got Donald Trump threatening tariffs for Canada that could cripple the steel industry, cripple part of Canada's economy. Do I believe, after seeing your performance in India, that you're a man who has the wherewithal to properly stand up to a leader who is like Donald Trump that can be unpredictable. Do I believe that you are a man who can do that? And based on India, I go, no, you're a guy who will pose with Donald Trump, will do the big handshake thing to make sure you win the handshake. But do I believe that you are going to st- do Canada anything by... Bo- no, I just, I look at this and think you made why, yourself look foolish. But, but
2: why does everything have to be so serious? Maybe it's nice, it, isn't it nice to see... A softer side of someone from time to time. Not every job is supposed.
1: You're, you're not voting. When have someone we seen in. the harder side of Justin Trudeau? That's well, a, that's the that, problem. This is maybe a, that's a better question. This yet. is a an ongoing thing. It's all about the socks. It's all about the 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 costumes. It's all about this. Uh, if I if a person, if Margaret Thatcher, let's pick someone. I'm trying to think of someone who would be my idea of someone who is like hard leader, tough leader, mm-hmm. the Iron Lady. Could you imagine, even if Margaret Thatcher had gone to India and put on the garb, she wouldn't have done it every single day. She wouldn't have simply gone around and posed at monuments. She would have had meetings. She would have done something for Britain and you would have had the end of that trip, you would have said, okay, maybe Margaret Thatcher looked a little silly when she dressed up like that, but we know what that trip was about and she, we don't, there's nothing of substance. Every time he does this, it seems like there's less substance. And you want to know something? Yeah. This is not just me talking now, Mike. There's a new poll out today. I get it. There's a new poll out today that says if the election was held today, Justin Trudeau would lose handily to the Conservatives. His polling has gone. Yeah.
2: But the election isn't today and it isn't tomorrow. It's a year from now. And they can they can spin this media train all they want moving forward. And when push comes to shove and when it is time to kick it into high gear... This India trip will be so pushed down to the depths. Oh, and by bowels. the by, the liberals
1: it will, but not by the NDP and it, the conservatives. It, it, but it, you it, will never it, it forget won't this because oh,
2: then they'll go after the NDP and they'll go after the the PCs. It will it will just turn into one big circus. And you know, and and I see what you're saying, and I hear what other people are saying, but you know, by Justin Trudeau dressing up in in the garb. You know, we have to remember, that's how a whole other country
1: dresses on a daily basis. No, so we're no, all, no. Even the well, Indian writers were saying, you're dressing more Indian than Indians. This was a over-the-top thing. And you know so why you he did So I don't think it?
2: he's being told you should tone it down yet? Or do you, do you, like, we don't know how the clothes were presented, given. Was he going out to...
1: You know what? I'm convinced I know why he did this. I'm absolutely convinced I know why he did this. He is... Competing with an NDP leader who has ties to that part of the world. Canada has a large Indian slash Sikh population who largely vote liberal slash NDP. Justin Trudeau was going over there to come up with photos and proof that I am... You don't have to go to Jugmeet Singh... I am still your guy. So what's wrong with
2: that? If if, if you're playing the political game,
1: what's wrong with that? What's wrong with getting those photos and doing that so you have have
2: something in your? I'll tell you
1: exactly what's wrong with that. Because if you're going on a trip as our leader, as the Prime Minister of Canada, on the taxpayers' dime, not the Liberal Party's dime, the mm -hmm. taxpayers' dime, I expect you to be working for the betterment of Canada, not for the betterment of Justin Trudeau and the Liberal Party. This is not about you going somewhere on our money to come up with a commercial for down the road for the election. If he had gone there and dressed all up in the costumes he wanted and had meeting after meeting after meeting and brought forward all kinds of trade things for Canada, I would have no issue with this whatsoever. He could dress, he could wear nothing. I don't care if the emperor had no clothes. (laughs) He could walk around India (laughs) bare naked and he can come back with all kinds of stuff for Canada, I'm fine with that. But if this is simply as a politically motivated re-election campaign kickoff, that's where I have an issue with this.
2: Hey, look, it's possible that, that it's,
1: that's part of it. But then I also think there is some relationship building
2: involved as well, continuing to build and groom that relationship with, with our partners in India. And 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 if 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 uh, if Mr. Singh wanted to uh, build a relationship with uh, our friends in Jamaica and wanted to take off his turban and put in dreads and all that, would we all be up in arms? Yes. And and if he had some meetings ab- around it as well,
1: like you know, I'd, well, yes, we actually would because that would be against his religion. It would look like it was such a bald faced <laughs> attempt to. I'm just trying to paint no, a picture. I, I know, but I'm saying if he were to do something like that, we would all say, look, you are not being yourself, you are not representing us. You're doing you're doing all these things and it's transparently evident of what you're trying to do here. Okay, and again I think you're if, trying
2: to build some relationships. You're, you're 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 playing the political game no matter what side you want to go. You want the photo ops, you want to have a couple meetings, you want to create goodwill, you you want to look good to your, your your constituents back in Canada who are of Indian
1: descent. Could Justin Trudeau not have had the photo ops and had the costumes and had all that and still had multitudinous meetings with, gov- with, with government people and business people and everything else. Could could he not have – if you're going to go – and again, it's on taxpayers' money and I guarantee you it's not an inexpensive trip to fly all your security and everything else there. And, to, and interestingly, to fly – an Indian chef, uh, an Indo-Canadian chef over to India to cook Indian food because in a country of a billion people, you couldn't find one person to cook Indian food for you? Again, it's, it's- That's a
2: security precaution.
1: It is spending our money ridiculously not for the benefit of Canada but for the benefit of the Liberal Party and Justin Trudeau. That's my problem with this. Yeah, that's my problem with that's this. That's what you do. You,
2: you you do it for your party. You do it so you get reelected, and then you hope once you get reelected, then you can try to do good things for your country again. And you know we know that doesn't always happen either. I would
1: not even have a problem with this if the Liberal Party said you know what turned out that the opportunities that we were really hoping for as far as Dealing with companies and stuff didn't turn out, so the Liberal Party is going to dump in a couple hundred thousand dollars as our contribution hey, to this. Hey, but they're not going to do that because why would you? No one wants to admit failure. Well, why would you? Because you don't have to. Because the Canadians will pay for this.
2: Uh, I see where you're coming from, and I, hey, it personally it doesn't truly bother me that much. And people are probably thinking, Fortune, you're a bozo, and that's fine.
1: Things like that
2: don't bother me. You want to go to India, you want to shake some hands, you want to wear up,
1: fine. Okay, one other question. Yes. One other question about this. Why on this trip, other than the Jugmeet Singh thing, that I really believe that is what's underlying this whole issue, you have a, a a a person from that, well, with ties to that, with connections to that part of the world, you are trying to look like you are a safe candidate. You don't have to go there if you are also of Sikh or Indian descent. If Justin Trudeau goes to England, is he going to show up one day dressed as a London Bobby now, and one day as a Buckingham Palace guard, and one day in the Beatles 1964 outfits with his hair down and mop top? I think you're stretching. No, I'm not, because why in one particular country would you go all out in the costume, in the appearance of their country, or as the stereotype is, why would you not do that elsewhere? Why would you not do that at every country you go to then? It seems to me you've set a standard that says, I believe that you need to ingratiate yourself to the people by being exactly like those people. So that should be then a standard that we are now going to follow. When I go to Japan, I'm going to wear a kimono everywhere I go. When I go to, as you say, Jamaica, I'm going to wear a a hat with dreads coming out the side. It's ludicrous. We would would laugh at it. You're laughing at it it, because it's such a ludicrous picture. Because
2: while you're talking about that, I'm also going back to early in the conversation when you talked about uh, what... Pierre Trudeau did as he dressed up, and Stephen Harper, and then I'm starting to think it only seems like it's Canadian prime Canadian heads of state that go and do this. You would never see Trump do this. You would never see Mark. Oh no, Doctor no, they do. do. Well, they they well, yeah, do to a not, degree. Well, okay. So yeah, you saw Trump when he was uh, at the wall there. He put for the Jewish. He put uh, the,
1: which is custom, which, which is, is custom. custom, right? But there is custom, and there is full immersion. This is like a baptism. One is sprinkling and one Maybe is Maybe he wants
2: to fully immerse himself to get the full feel and the full effect. So nope. he does feel m- more like one. I don't know.
1: I don't like this topic, Scott. You don't Changer. like this topic?
2: No. Are we done?
1: We can be done with this one. <laughs> I, I would like... <laughs> I, 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 will, I will wait, though, as we go to break. I will be interested next time Justin Trudeau goes on an international we, tour okay. and doesn't dress in the garb of their... People we have to, to somehow, for the media there to say why are you not dressed up like this? We
2: have to come up with some sort of a little wager, perhaps between you and I. We'll get Will in on this as well, maybe. To see if we can put a little wager next time Justin Trudeau does an international will he visit. Be, will he dress up as for the whole thing? For the whole thing. when, <laughs> oh, he, goes so, to,
1: when he goes to Hawaii, will he be wearing <laughs> grass skirts and coconut bra? <laughs>
2: and and lots of
1: lays. Hey, Elvis did when he was. Well, you always get the lays. Well, yeah, but that's. Again, but you don't, if you get the flowers put around your neck, it doesn't mean you have to say, excuse me for a second, I'm running into the back of the plane to change into my grass skirt so I can do a hula dance. And, you know, it, it's, it, the point is, it's, it almost seemed, somebody just wrote in here, I mean, it almost seemed patronizing to the Indian people. And that's how I. That's that's part of it. Phil, I'm glad you mentioned that word because that's I'm how I see. Phil it. isn't telling me to shut up as well, well. He he says, "Oh, Mike, shut up." Oh, okay, uh, No, he didn't say that. <laughs> that I will expect to see our prime minister dressed in full regalia in every country he goes to. It's going to be like Halloween on every international voyage. Well, now
2: you're just being silly.
1: This was silly.
2: Some people think it was. Some people think it wasn't. Doesn't bother me.
1: I want to see Go him through. now. We'll leave this for now. I'll, I'll 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 accede to your wishes and we'll move what? on.
2: No, we can keep going. No no no.
1: We are going to go to something we're up else. Up against but the I,
2: clock. Okay.
1: This now though, as I say, I don't I don't. When it comes now to, to negotiating with NAFTA and with tariffs and with everything else, I just, you, don't, I just don't get the sense that he's a serious man. That's the problem. He may have people around him who will do the work. For of the negotiations, and that's fine. Every government does that. It's not always the prime Listen, minister that does that kind of thing. He but
2: knows who his voting base is, and who's that? It's probably the it's it's the pot smokers. It's the youngsters. Yep. Yep. It's 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 the it's the women. Yep. Um, and now he's trying to broaden that.
1: Yep. Yep. <laughs> As I say, let me just read you the lead from this one. Yeah, read according away. to a new Ipsos poll conducted for Global News. Public reaction to a recent troubled trip by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau to India two weeks ago might be a symptom of a growing problem. Yeah, and we liberals s- would win thirty-three percent of the and- national popular decided vote if Canada went to the polls this weekend. While Andrew Scheer and the Conservatives would receive thirty-eight percent of the vote and win the election, the NDP would get twenty-one percent, while the Green Party would get five percent of the vote. And you
2: can put. Absolutely nothing into a poll because we've seen how many times polls have just blown up in our faces all these experts and analysts And then they all look like goofs with pie in their face because they were so wrong
1: You know what the one problem he's gonna have when it comes to the next election What's that if he does succeed in getting marijuana laws passed? (laughs) The people that he needs to vote for him are gonna be so stoned (laughs) They won't be able to get to the polls (laughs) They'll all be hanging out at Pizza Hut and hey, not at the polls. Maybe that's
2: a way to get people to the polls. Hey, come and vote. You get a free joint. A fr-
1: free joint at the <laughs> polls. Yeah, we're going to call it the polling joint. There you, hey, so the I love it. The election joint. I love it. Maybe it'll work for them.
0: You're listening to The Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from 6 to 8. Only on 900 CHML.
1: Hamilton's number one Elvis fan. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone who's more of a fan.
2: Um, they, they, I'm sure they're out there. Um, but uh, I yeah, don't know. I, I I'm fortunate where I have the TV and the radio, so people can talk about it a little bit more. But I'm sure there are some big Elvis fans out there. I'm sure there are big HBOs. Oh, am I allowed to say HBO on this? Station? I guess so. As I just long as did. you don't use
1: the language that they <laughs> use on HBO.
2: There, there's a docu, a two-part documentary coming up April 14th. The Searcher, never before seen video interviews of the King himself. I've already got my DVR wow. set for it. It's awesome. Looking for, I'm
1: psyched. Well, let's stay with the talk of musicians for a moment, although uh, this is not something, thankfully, that we've ever had to talk about with Elvis. Uh, although, you know, if he was... Uh, who knows? I mean, If he was still alive... Allegations would be coming allegate, out, you think? Well, who knows? Well... It, it's coming out for everyone else. Listen. And here's the question I have about what's going on. There's a lot of allegations about a lot of different people. <laughs> and whether they are true or not, we don't know exactly, but we know how this is all going with the Me Too thing. But right now... Under the spotlight of these allegations is a band called Headley, Canadian band, that uh, there have been many allegations made against of inappropriate or improper behavior. They are actually coming to Hamilton in the next few weeks. I can't remember exactly when it is, is. the next few days, isn't Maybe it? Maybe it's Tuesday next or something, days, something like, like that? that. So there are people saying Headley should be not doing this. They should be stopping Headley from coming here. And based on some of the things that are alleged, they are... Icky and pretty gross and pretty disturbing, the stuff you're hearing. But my question becomes and 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 Chorus, this company that owns this station, has stopped playing Headley because of these allegations. My question becomes I'm not in any way defending Headley. I don't know if they did what they did or not, but it's icky what is said. Why, where does the where does it stop? (laughs) Because certainly, even if even if we say you know what? If we discover that Headley did everything that is alleged and they are now no longer back on Canadian radio, mm-hmm. there are many, 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 shall I continue, many, mm-hmm. many other musicians who, over the course of time, have done things that we would today look at and say that's that's not allowed. That's not good. That's really bad. Sure. In time, will all of those people, as these allegations come out, in time will all of those people be banned from radio? Can we go t- back talking about Justin Trudeau, please? <laughs> uh, no, honestly, like, no, it's, a, it's, I, it's a
2: it's a tough one it, because it's what very happens, tough because there are and again I, I'm not bring it back to Elvis, but I will. They, I have read books about Elvis where there have been uh, recounts from Sonny West and his the Memphis Mafia, where Elvis had such a temper he would throw a pool cue. And he and he, and he would hit a he hit a woman in a, in, in her breast and all this and and it, it's there I'm not making it up it's in black and white. Headley's response was something along the lines of they participated in what was the consensual word consensual activities or or consensual activities
1: known to
2: the industry or something like that something like that, like that. so yeah,
1: common within the industry or whatever
2: so if 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 Headley is going to go out then honestly. Every radio station should stop playing Bon Jovi, Guns N' Roses. Well, do we know start, they did things? Start naming them off because all it's going to take is one or two women to mention Axl Rose or Slash did this or, you know, or or and David, I don't know if I, I don't Ozzy know Ozzy if those guys no, did those things. and we don't and again, and I and I I but if you are going with that mentality and that rock star lifestyle and we see how Things happen on stage and we hear stories about how things happen behind the stage. I am sure that this happens more often than not.
1: Well, I'm sure that over time we will hear more allegations, of from, of, 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 of different performers. I'm sure we so, will. So i I've already and, forget what was your original no, question. No, but do, about so, this? so do as we do we go, ban everyone. If you where where is the line? What is the spot where you say that person cannot any longer? Whether it's chorus or anyone else, that person cannot be on our stations, or that is, well, that's you know not that bad to be. On. It's, it becomes this very, very difficult thing because you've got, what about movies? Uh, we we talked about this on the show some time ago. There are things that happen in movies and on TV behaviors that they're not, um, grotesque. They're not things that like you would look at today and say it's pr- images of rape or something, but, but how many times in old black and white movies from back in the 50s and 60s mm-hmm. did you see a man grab a woman and kiss her and she's beating on his back to stop him and sure. then all of a sudden within a few seconds she realizes she's really into okay. this and starts hugging him but you could make an argument that was unwanted sexual advance and therefore yes but, but the times have changed Times have changed. But you would say that that woman did not want that man to do that to her. That was therefore an unwanted sexual. Should those movies, again, my argument is where is the line? Where's the, there I heard people read the other day or say the other day, look at the James Bond movies and how he treats women. We shouldn't have James, we shouldn't be showing any of the James Bond movies on TV anymore. Where is the line for this? How do you decide where that's no longer acceptable for the public viewing. I, I think
2: that's for the public to
1: decide. And
2: if people want to continue to watch those movies, they will rent them on various uh, uh, specialty networks and channels. And you know the older movies, you know, I, I'm you don't really see a lot of them being played anymore. So that maybe that isn't an issue, and, and we're going to see movies done differently. I, I, I don't know where the line is. It is such a sensitive... Where's Phil and Frank? Why aren't they emailing in here, helping us out here? <laughs> it is such a sensitive topic that you know, I'm almost afraid to say anything because I don't want it to be taken the wrong way. And I don't know if that's fair. And I know this is supposed to be a talk show, where we're supposed to be able to have our opinions... But you, if, if you have an opinion one way, and I do feel strongly about some things, whatever happened to um, innocent until proven guilty? Like none, none of this, it's, they're all allegations. So someone is supposed to stop their livelihood because a group of or some women have, and again, I, I don't know, I wasn't there. But don't you have a right to defend yourself as well? Uh, I well,
1: or where, have I gone way offline here? now? No, no. The argument that I have heard given, and I think it's you know it's an interesting argument for sure. Is innocent until proven guilty is a legal scenario. It's a legal bar that you have to reach innocent, yeah. but it's not. It doesn't apply everywhere in life. That someone argued that, that, and I've heard more more than one person say that's what you get in court. But in civil court, it's simply yes. balance of probabilities. All right. And so there is no guarantee in everyday life that you are innocent until proven guilty. It's based on, for most people, a balance of probability. So if you read these allegations about somebody and in your belief, in your mind, you decide, you know what, I actually think having read that and having read their response, whoever it is, that they probably did some of that, that seems to be now the new... Bar. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? De- well, that depends on mm-hmm. your point of view. The other thing it depends on, quite frankly, is let's use the Headley example for again, because they're what is really at the center of this of right course, now. Yeah. If you are a diehard Headley fan, innocent until proven guilty is the standard we're going to hold, we're going to cling to. If you couldn't care less about Headley and you just read these allegations, you're probably saying, ugh balance yeah. of probabilities they they shouldn't be coming here.
2: You know, I think if if you're a Diard Headley fan, I think you always will be and you'll want the concerts to continue. I'm I'm a big Elvis fan. I've read a lot of his books. I've read some disturbing things. But that doesn't take away from what I think of him as an artist on stage. I was going to say that. The
1: stage. Can you separate the I man can. or the woman from the art?
2: Yeah, I can. I can I you know I I enjoy his music I didn't I don't agree with how he always lived his life and how he womanized and such and obviously the taking of narcotics but strip that away put that to the side as an artist just listening to his music putting me in my happy place it's a that's that's what I enjoy what's what's the thing when you're a kid uh, man, girl or boy, what 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 do you want to do? You want to be a rock star. You want to get up on stage or an you, athlete. Or, or an ath- yeah, you want people adoring you, and then when you reach that pinnacle, then you have the women or the men
1: throwing themselves at you. It is what is very f- interesting to me about this, and it's a it, circle. It's a circle. We we have had since and this is not old man commentary, this is just real-life social commentary. We have had, since the, when, since the 50s, 60s, a movement towards, especially in the 60s, that we are going to free up sexuality, we're going to make it more available, more free. You can do it, it's up to you. But It has, um, you can t- decide whether or not you think that was a good idea or not, but as you open the gates more and more, you do make it more and more difficult to know what the rules are. That does not mean, now I th- I would argue that from the dawn of time, men have always known that rape, for example, is not an acceptable behavior. There's no, there's nobody out there who has ever believed, I don't think, that rape is okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think. If, the, if there is, I don't know how they came to that conclusion because I think it's a socially accepted belief that that is just no matter who you are. I think that groping a woman or or that kind of thing, I think 99% of men would say, that's not okay. Or how that's you, never been okay. How you verbally talk to a man or woman. But see, that's that's the more gray area that we've, over the years. How is that more
2: gray? If you start using some words, if, if you start using Trump words, or if you start using locker room talk.
1: But I'm saying over the years there was a time when that was much more acceptable than it is now. It's not acceptable now, but there was a time when you had different words for women. You could talk to women differently. There were times when presumably it was way before my time, but you watch some of the old movies that are presumably based on something. You could smack your secretary on the butt as she walked by if you wanted to. And that was, you know, they just had to deal with that. The women would think the issue is this is a very, We have over the years, opened the door to very complicated things. Some are black and white, some are absolutely clear cut. There's no question about it. It's never been okay. It's never been allowed. It's never been socially acceptable. Other things were kind of more socially acceptable, but now we look back and go, no, that was not right. Mm -hmm. So if you were an artist who was doing these things in the seventies, should we not listen to your music? Because today. 40 years later, those behaviors disturb us. So we say you can't be listened to anymore. It's a, it's such, should Ty Cobb, should we, if you're a baseball fan, Ty Cobb was a racist. Mm-hmm. He was a bunch of other things. Should we applaud or be, or appreciate Ty Cobb's baseball abilities and have him in the Hall of Fame? Or should we say, no, by today's standards, Ty Cobb should not oh. be allowed to be in there.
2: Oh, I think, I think we, we need to be able to talk about Ty Cobb and, and these bands from, from way back when and, and. Learn and grow from history.
1: I don't know. I mean, I expect there will be more musicians that will because it's that kind of lifestyle that we've heard over the years. It's it's not a made-up thing. The rock and roll lifestyle. It's not. The, the The stereotype exists because
2: of what I alluded to earlier.
1: Because it exists.
2: It exists. Yeah.
1: There will be more. I don't know where the I, li- I don't know where I, the line I, becomes.
2: I know we're tight on time here. I I read an article and I forget the lady's name. I got to try to find it. She referenced how you should how you should treat a woman if, if, if you don't already know how. Treat a woman like you would treat Dwayne the Rock Johnson. You walk, you, you, you would go <laughs> think about that for a second and she wrote out five or six really good points on how you would approach and interact with the rock. When you meet a woman, when you're talking to a woman, do that same thing. Stand up tall, be polite, you know. You wouldn't go out and slap The Rock on the butt.
1: I would hope not, or else he would tell you what The Rock was cooking, and it wouldn't be good. Jabroni. <laughs> it would not be good.
0: The Scott Radley Show. The Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML.